This is Limit Up, the show where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology so that you can take your trading to the next level. No buddy talk. That's the uh, request we got from um, one of our dear listeners who called in the other day, Dan. Yeah, I heard about that. I didn't think we had too much buddy talk, mostly just market talk. Yeah, I think we've got a little bit carried away the last couple of weeks just with all this uh, volatility. And I hope everyone out there still has their hair because it's uh, it's been pretty spicy out there, hasn't it? It's been extremely hectic. A lot of unexpected news has hit the wire. Um, but big advantage, top sip trader has a swing trading combine where you get to trade micros to help kind of manage some of the risk. Yeah, that's new. That's uh, those one-tenth the size contracts the CME offers. And uh, you can hold those positions in that combine overnight or over the weekend um, because these moves are all over the place at this point. I would definitely be sizing down myself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know a lot of uh, friends of mine that have been more active in the micros versus the standard e-minis and it helps control risk. And that's what we have to do in times like this. When you see the Dow moving 2,000 points from low to high, then high to low, you have to be careful. And uh, sizing down, one of the biggest, best ways to size down if you trade in equity markets is uh, going from e-minis to micros. Yeah. And just so you know who's giving you that sage advice, that's Dan Hodgman. I'm Jack Pelzer. Oh, hi, everybody. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. We should probably do that at the beginning in the future. Regardless, today we are interviewing Mr. Eddie Horn. He is the fantabulous program specialist here at Top Step Trader. So in that role, he has talked to thousands of traders along the way, uh, especially beginners to help them get started. Uh, kind of a guru, if you will, who, you know, tries to figure out what's right for you. And uh, Eddie is a great interview. So we're glad to have him in here today. It was a lot of fun. Really enjoy sitting down with Eddie. He's been here since the very beginning, so uh, he's watched Top Step Trader go from just working in a, at a desk on the floor to uh, this big, fantabulous, I'm stealing your word, office that we're in right now. And we'll try and keep this beginning part, this intro, to you know under three to five minutes. But uh, just for the people out there, the reason we do it is because a lot of these interviews we record in advance, sometimes weeks in advance. And so when there's market information, we sometimes like to give a little bit of uh, color on the situation. Absolutely. It's important to recognize what these markets are doing right now. So in general, we'll try and keep things a little tighter. Uh, we're at three minutes right now. So why don't we just kick it over to the interview, Dan? That sound good to you? Sounds great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy today's Limit Up interview with Mr. Eddie Horn. All right. So back by popular demand uh, from the survey... At least a few people emphatically said that they wanted to see Eddie back here. And Eddie Horn, we have in the studio today. Eddie, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for the welcome and Eddie, thank excited you for the survey. And it's good to be back and let's, uh, let's oil some joints and, and fire it up. Speaking of oil, holy oil right now. That thing keeps taking the tumble. My goodness. You know what? Honestly, I was talking to a trader yesterday and she goes, watch $18. And I'm like, what? <laughs> $18? Can you can you buy a steel barrel for $18? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but you know what? Hey, game plan, I go keep it in your game plan. If it keeps breaking, you know, just, you know, ride that sell as much as you can. Lock in those profits and uh, get funded. So right. just for a little context, if you're listening to this episode in the uh, – burnt out uh, post-apocalyptic world of 2022 <laughs> or something. Oh, my uh, goodness. Right now, it is February 28th, 
2019. 2020. Just, oh, gosh. Right. Wow, we just time traveled. <laughs> All right. Um, buy and then sell equities if this was 2019. Right. Um, anyway, so right now as we speak, it's just in the midst because I think this episode will go out next week. We're kind of right in the teeth of this sell-off uh, for the coronavirus. Absolutely. Crude's trading like 46 handle. Um, just for perspective, S&Ps are approaching the 3,000 handle. Dow's down 3,200. It's, everything's at 10% area. Holy cow. And the zombie apocalypse is just right, right, around, going the right around the corner. I got to get to my prepping station. Dude, what's, in, what's in your <laughs> prepping station? Oh, gosh. I wish I had one right now with this stuff. So if case this volatility is, I don't know, getting people interested in the markets or interested in getting out, um, Eddie, I thought we could start out by just saying kind of uh, explain for those that don't know uh, what you are doing here at Top Step right now. Well, what I'm doing is I'm talking to a lot of traders. I am uh, detailing our product. I am talking to traders that are new to the program, have been in the program, uh, been old to the program, and just giving straight up advice regarding what are some of the, if you want to call them tips and hints and strategies, how to pass the combine. Um, due to the fact that, you know, I've spoken to hundreds, if not honestly thousands, Danny, say probably thousands, thousands of traders. And, uh, you know, a lot of these traders going through the program uh, seem to hit some speed bumps. Now, a few of them hitting walls, obviously, um, you know, that is part of the process, you know, getting around that wall. Um, but just hitting those speed bumps could sort of throw you off, uh, uh, could sort of throw off that confidence, um, give you a negative day. Uh, so these are things that we talk about and, um, you know, being in charge of just sort of letting these uh, traders, giving them some direction, it helps. You know, it helps. When you say speed bumps, what do you, what do you see like one of the most common speed bumps these traders are running into? Uh, you know, uh, working on a game plan, okay, and trading successfully and all of a sudden uh, FOMO. Or an emotion kicks in where they're not doing what they usually do. Uh, I mean, I've even found myself doing that. But the good thing about it is I've come to that crossroads so many times that I can catch it right away. And, you know, Eddie, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Practice what you preach. But sometimes a trader will pass those crossroads and be in a situation where, you know, reversing is just not an option. You know, I'm in too deep. We've all been there. Yeah. I think uh, you really struck a chord there with, I find the FOMO aspect to be the most difficult thing to deal with when I have been trading. Either that can manifest itself from jumping into or layering into positions too quickly. You know, don't want to miss that bottom. I think that's something that a lot of people have contended with today. Right. I, I would agree with that too. I'm personally sitting here thinking I have a hard time shorting equity markets it's tough to be short them. You look at equity markets since they've the beginning of time, they just continue to grind higher. And uh, so it's a hard being short them. So right now I have a little anxiety of where's this bottom? When's it going to show up? I don't care how far it has to go. I need to find a bottom so I can start to look for my, my bigger opportunities, my style of trading. You know, one of the things that you know, when I do talk to these traders and it's really hard to do, which I think is sort of digging the hole even deeper for a lot of people is accepting a loss, you know, ending the Dan a loss. And 
Um, one of the things I, I tell the traders is have yourself a personal loss limit where if you do hit this number negative, you shut it down. But a lot of stuff that I say, uh, it's easy to say and hard to do. But the thing is, it, give it a few tries and, and you'll see that uh, it's going to help you trade for the next day. You know, accept these losses. I have a hard time doing that. <laughs> you know, especially I trade crude and, you, you know, you, have, you got that negative trade. You're like, wait a minute, I can get out of this. But then you got to stop yourself and say, okay, um, you know, am I rolling the dice? Am I flipping the coin? If I am, you know, that's not what I want to do. For sure. That daily loss limit for yourself is so important. And I think for those that are in the trading combine, you can go into the dashboard and look at some of your history in there. And you can really start to understand at what point have I never turned a negative day into positive. And you can start to recognize where those P&L highs and lows are and helps exactly. really define. Because it's hard to come up and sit here and say, okay, if I'm in a 50K trading combine, my daily loss limit's $500. Everyone's emotions are so different. You really have to kind of do some soul searching to figure out what works for you. For me, I can't just sit there and put a hard stop on a dollar sign because every trade's going to be so different. I've learned for myself, three losses in a row means I'm probably going to turn a really bad corner and I just have to walk away. Right. And so everyone has to find like that, do that soul searching. Yeah. So Eddie, um, let's do a little uh, role play, so to speak. Not really a role play in that, uh, say that I'm a beginner trader and we'll keep this just, you know, outside of the trading combine, just looking to approach the business in any way. I come in and let's just say I am familiar with stocks. That's kind of what everyone I think kind of starts with when they talk about markets. What sort of advice would you have for me about what to do next and how to find out if actively trading an account is right for me? Well, first, from you saying that you have traded stocks, you have some experience knowing uh, obviously how to buy and sell what to look for, how to use an opportunity. Um, so this would be something that we could work from. Now, the second thing is, at least if you're looking to come into futures or our Forex market or our swing trade market, that would be another venue that I would have to, you know, sort of ask you a few questions. What do you want to trade? You know, this is something, obviously stocks were, uh, you know, uh, the fourth dimension out of the three I'm talking about. So what would fit your number one personality? What would fit your uh, availability? And what would fit your knowledge? So that's interesting. And you say that you primarily trade crude. Um, what do you think it is about what draws you to crude? What makes a crude man or woman? <laughs> what makes a crude man or woman? Um, on the trading floor, we started to trade. Well, when, when I was doing the broadcast, we had a lot of people that were sort of fashionably jumping on crude. Um, that's when it was like $100 a barrel. I was going to say 2012, 100, yeah, it was 100, 100 bucks a barrel. It was right. insane. And, Five and bucks a gallon at the tank. It started to, it started to, the bottom started to fall out. So everybody sort of jumped aboard. This was the. And Eddie, would you like to quickly bring people up to speed in case they're um, new to listening about your broadcast? Okay, well, this Top Step Trader, um, some of you are probably listening now that had listened to the broadcast. Uh, it was a live, uh, live show that uh, first we started it on the trading floor, then we brought it here into the booth. And uh, basically what it was is we have educators uh, breaking news and, uh, you know, breaking stories. So it was more or less a, uh, a place where you could go and uh, we could talk about markets. We could discuss things. So, but uh, anyway, the, uh, the broadcast itself 
did give us an opportunity to uh, share ideas and, and so forth. But, um, you know, with finding something, f- uh, right market for somebody, um, like you mentioned, um, I traded crude because it started to move like you wouldn't believe. And a lot of these traders were really hip to hearing success stories from other people that have already been trading crude. So like, give it a try, give it a try. So that's how I got involved in it. When I was on the trading floor, uh, you know, since 85, I had never had that opportunity to trade crude, you know. So this was something that I thought, well, you know what? Since all the guys are doing it and girls are doing it, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, why not? I'm the broadcaster. Let's let's all jump on board. Um, so the thing is that market really took off to the downside. Once that market stopped, you can see how many people jumped off of that uh, that wagon. And then the thing was, what are we trading next? They they want the volume. They want the action. Um, a lot of them went to NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. So that was the Fast next. Fast moving, big, exciting, volatile market. So coming full circle when you're asking what you would want to trade, that would be for somebody that um, drinks a lot of coffee, you know, that, that <laughs> likes excitement. Um, you know, somebody that sort of is more of a uh, smaller trader, a slower trader. You know, I would say something like the ES Mini due to the fact that we had the Dow, we had the NASDAQ, and we had the uh, S&P Mini. And usually that Mini was like the little sister that would follow along. You know, the other markets would make a move, and then you'd see the E-Mini make a move. It's a slower market. So this is something that I would, uh, you know, put in perspective to at least be honest with the person and let them know, here's an option. So one thing about crude oil, I've never traded crude oil. I traded treasury bonds for years and years, and I've traded equities and other things like that. What would draw me to crude as a beginner, and forgive my ignorance if I'm wrong about this, is I really see that as sort of the purest commodity that you can trade in that you're trading a contract's a thousand barrels of oil, right? Mm -hmm. It is something that is used. It's not like gold or something like that, which is sort of an, you know, we it's give a tangible, it's a asset. tangible asset that's used in the economy. It's subject completely to supply and demand. And it's sort of macro long-term structure. It's not like stocks where even if you don't like the market, as Dan said earlier, you're afraid to go short because you know it's going up all the time. I mean, oil's less than a third of the price it was in 2008. And we don't know in 10 years, whether oil will be relevant, relevant. Will it be a, it could be a thousand dollars a barrel. It could be what? nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I think my favorite thing about crude oil in general is just the fact that it's one of the few products that we get to trade that we get to see it every day. I take after my father in the sense that, you know, there's certain things you just got to be frugal about and hunting out the cheapest gas in town. That's one of the things that I have to be frugal about. And so for me, that's one of my favorite things about crude oil is I know when I have an opportunity to fill the tank because if I'm trading it, I know where it's at at the where it's going to be at I, those prices. It makes it a little bit more realistic to me when trading it, and that's what I love about it. Eddie, do you do this? Um, I'm kind of super frugal about some things, but it's a weird line in the sand to draw because I also just spend stuff on dumb stuff as well. <laughs> like I, I cannot consistently be frugal. No, I can't be consistently frugal. No, I buy certain things I'm frugal on. Yeah. Gas. Yeah. Trying to think about what else. Uh, Try and get a good deal on like groceries. 
taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. I can't stand spending like $18 for a movie ticket. No, you got to yeah. catch the matinee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and the wife do that a lot. Yeah, Five bucks. Early. You're good to go. Right. Yeah. I'm getting then, a little too old to throw the student ID out there. <laughs> the, movie, the movie thing. Because it's like, you know, you'll go to, you'll go to like Walgreens and get all your candy. Stuff right. them in all your pockets. All your pockets. <laughs> Love that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, you know, once someone's a beginner – so the first thing you'd recommend, maybe they pick some market that suits them, that interests them, sort of the speed and velocity that they want to trade things at. What do you think maybe the next couple steps would be? Would you kind of go into really digging into the fundamentals of that product or starting to learn more about the trading platforms or choosing one of those? Or what do you see most often? Well, the thing is, you've got to go in there and you've got to taste it. You've, you've got to get dirty. It's almost like a relationship. And you know, I use this uh, analogy a lot where at the beginning you're sort of distance and you're trying to feel each other out, okay? And as time goes on, um, what are the positives? What are the negatives? What's the pros? What's the cons? Um, am I liking this? Is this working for me? Uh, and then, you know, the relationship starts to bond a little bit better, a little bit better. And then you're like, you know what? This is cool. I'm cool with this. So uh, you move forward on it. And um, I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes it's like, my God, this market. I mean, and I've come across a few markets where um, this is not for me. And and I don't sit there and, and, and you know, dwell with it or, 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 you know, just sit in it. You move on. Okay, this isn't what I like, especially in a market like this. There's so many opportunities um, to trade. Uh, you want to find something that works as as quick as possible. Absolutely, I love I I like that same way of kind of creating that relationship. I've always t- said every market has a heartbeat, and if you can't get in rhythm with that heartbeat, you're never going to be able to trade it well. And that's I think that you're fighting it. Yeah. You're fighting it all the time. You're always off. It gets frustrating. And it's not fun. It is not fun. No. Yeah. So I agree with you guys that you really got to to learn any of this. You got to get in there and do it. It is nice now that there are some of the smaller products. They have the – in the equities, they have the micros and maybe in a few other things where you can experiment with smaller sizes What's funny was the the minis were smaller sizes, you know, not too long no, ago. Yeah, it's funny how we keep just tightening it and shrinking it and shrinking it. Yeah, they're back to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars notional per contract because we're back at three thousand now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. lot of money for it. So, and I'm sure eventually there'll be a nano at a Pekka or whatever. <laughs> right. well, <laughs> they do keep going in forex, and it seems that futures just keeps kind of following that little line a little bit. Well, it makes sense because it is important to get in there in the live markets. And obviously something that, you know, we do a lot of here at Top Step, but there's other ways to do it. I don't want to make this completely, you know, marketing for Top Step type stuff. Uh, But another avenue you can pursue is to go through simulated accounts um, where you're not risking real money. There are some pros and cons of that. Uh, Eddie, would you like to talk about that a little? We could throw it around. Uh, Sort of the difference between... The difference you see in traders who are trading SIM versus when they're trading live money accounts. Well, the thing is, obviously, trading for a loss, okay? I try to put for a new trader in the perspective that, you know, like we mentioned before, losing is part of the game. Um, they have Some of them have problems of just gaining money 
and they're repeating the same mistakes over and over and over. The thing here with Top Step is you're paying for a subscription to have some skin in the game, okay, to actually trade a platform, have somebody looking over your shoulder as we are, you know, with with our rules. And that comes up a lot too, where, you know, why do you got these rules and everything? And it's like, well, if you really break it down, these rules are here to help you, all right? They're here to get you uh, ahead and, 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 and see success. And a lot of traders, Danny, you know this too, a lot of traders after they have gone funded and made their money and said, hey, Top Step, thanks a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to open up my own account. I'm going to see what I can do here. Uh, they use the same rules. Absolutely. You know, the same rules that were in the combine, I'm still using this one. I'm still following this. It's still helping me. So um, if they can understand that, you know, it is work, uh, you do have to sort of pull back at times and you do have to follow. You do have to follow the rules. Um, Absolutely. So that's part of it. For yeah, sure. And just even to kind of touch on that subject a little bit, just that idea of sim um, versus live. I think the best part about sim is it gives you just that chance to test, but also in the sense of um, on the flip side of that, for those that are working their way through the trading combine, when you get to that live account, or if you've been working in a sim account and you're opening up your own live account, there are going to be differences. Um, so like what, for me, one of the biggest things is when I talk to someone trading on a simulated environment, fills are so different. Um, you're not in a live environment, there's a queue. And let's just say you're trading I'll talk, I'll take a thicker market right now. Treasuries are very thick. The bonds, you know, on the bid and offer, you're seeing five to 700 contracts. If you go put it on a two lot there, let's say they had 550, you are now 551, 552, and only 542 traded at that price. You're not going to get the fill. Whereas in sim, chances are you're going to get that fill. They try and simulate it as best they can, but those fills come a little bit easier. So something I would always say is try and and simulate environment already know the trade before the market gets there set those working orders so you can experience the flow of the market because once you are live it does get tough to uh, get those fills that you want yeah the i think there's the two things that cannot be simulated yet as far as sims go and as you said it's queue position uh you'll generally get better fills there's certain things you'll be able to do around uh economic releases and stuff like that that just would not work otherwise. They're fills you won't get. And then the second part is that no matter what you do, there is nothing that can replicate losing your own real money. And it changes very quick when it goes from, I mean, even for me, when it went from a prop firm money to money out of my pocket, those losses became a lot more realistic really fast. And I've tried to make that point for myself. You know, I've given the the vision to some of the traders, I'm going to put $1,000 in front of you. There's 10 $100 bills. Okay, now go ahead and start trading. Like, oh, goodness, you're down $200. Okay, fine. All right. Um, oh, another buck and a half, another 150 Okay, keep going. Keep now, when are you going to say, you know what, that $1,000 look good in front of me? All right, this is real cash. Now, now you're down to, you're down to $175. You know, would you have made that move if it was really your money? Uh, or, or, you know, if it came yeah. out of your pocket, it's so easy if it's someone else's sitting there or if making it's, it your if own it's a sim, right? Click, 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 click. You know, I like video games, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm going to keep clicking and, uh, roll the dice, you know, uh, flip a coin. And, uh, that's another big thing that, uh, you know, a lot of traders, it's like, you, you can't even play that game. 
you've got to be to the T dedicated and committed to uh, your game plans. Thousand percent. Yeah, I met a ton of people who can obviously lose money on sim, and they can even lose money for other people. They can lose real money as long as it's not their own. And right. um, yeah, it's the attitude of people that I've said this before. Trading rewards those who take an extraordinarily objective view at money and what it is and how it's put into play. And as I've mentioned before, that's why poker players do well. And I'm up every week. <laughs> well, because you know it's something that's just drilled into my mind for sure. Because yeah. I see the, the the people that I'm thinking about with that is I if I went to the casino with them, these are the people that would you know play five hundred dollars a hand in blackjack. I would never do it. I I, I could never do that. But there's this uh, brain thing that it makes no difference to them if it's five or five hundred. It's all the same. You know, if you have an advantage, relative. Because you when you look at it. A lot of these guys, the big professional guys, they're walking in there and they have that plan. They know what their risk is walking in. Right. For the amateur, I'm not risking 500 bucks. I'm just throwing some cards out and hoping I can beat the dealer here. Get a free drink out of right? it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I'm playing the penny slots, I'm still getting my free drinks. Right. Well, one of the things, too, is, I, is I've, I've uh, you know brought up to people to give them a perspective is – Consider this your own business. This is your storefront. Your trading account is, you know, Jack's company or Danny Inc. This is, you know, you're the CEO. You're the CFO. You're the one behind the register. You're the one making the product. You're clicking the buttons, all right? This is all about you. One thing I hate to see is when you drive past an establishment going out of business. That was somebody's dream, okay? And it's a sad thing to see that, you know, their dream is, is not happening anymore. Why is that? What happened? They made a bad decision. Something bad happened. So if you can put this in perspective as this is my business, this is my storefront, this is, you know, I need to make this successful. I think it helps in not making foolish choices. You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll think twice about, should I, should I do that? Am I cool with this? Am I happy with this? Can I, can I, can I move on from this? I think it helps you with a lot more choices. Absolutely. That's a really um, great analogy made there, Eddie. I live in a neighborhood in Chicago where there is uh, just a, a wasteland of uh, restaurants, like a like a uh, slot machine or something, just going in and out a bit. I'm over that's, in Wicker that's Park. That's sad. And that does. It makes me irrationally sad, especially to see something like restaurants going out of business because – it is sad to think that every single one of those generally, as you said, is someone's dream and they've probably lost a great deal of money or stuff like that. Then again, you're right in that everybody knows, for instance, like trading or the restaurant industry is a very hard business with right. a lot of risk involved going into it. So it takes a certain kind of person to do that. And you're right in saying they probably sometimes you get unlucky, but usually it's because you made uh, the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's great to think about it as a business. And going back to the rules, as you mentioned, when people talk about rules here or anywhere else, they're not far off from what the industry standards are. If you go work at any prop shop or anything else, you're going to have a hard puke limit. I was a lot tighter getting started than the, the trading combine rules for sure. I had oh, a yeah. lot more restrictions on my trading. Uh -huh. Like you will absolutely get shoulder tapped. Exactly. We would call it. Let's say that the risk manager would come me. out and just you'd have your headphones on. They'd come over to just give you a little 
tap on the shoulder and then you're like, okay, start getting out of this. <laughs> and you'll absolutely Here's a box. pack your stuff. Yeah, right? If anything, it can be worse because they will 100% start cutting your limits and your product limits and aggressively. Sometimes, sometimes you don't know that you've just been cut and you come in and you try and put on that, you know, if you're you're carrying positions and you're hedging, you know, 30s, you're hedging 40s contracts and all of a sudden you can't hedge yourself and it's, uh-oh, uh-oh, something happened. Yeah, it's never a fun feeling. No. See, that'll throw you off. I mean, that'll just throw all your thoughts, your processing. Uh, you'll be like, nah, nah, nah. You know, I mean, it's, it's for sure, but it's a performance industry. And, exactly. And you have to treat it like that. And if you can't perform, just like any professional athlete, if you're not performing, well, you're, you're riding some pine. <laughs> riding some pine, hit the showers. Right? There you go. Eddie, can I share some fun numbers to that effect? Because this just reminded me of it. Dan, you want some fun numbers? I love fun numbers. Uh, fun, fun, fun. I don't know if these are fun, but here we go. I was just rereading because uh, we were looking into the Forex stuff, and I've never traded Forex. I'm not really super familiar with how the brokerages work in Forex and stuff. But I was looking at some report by a Citigroup or something where it was their breakdown of the retail Forex trading industry. And they looked through all these brokerages, and they were looking at the proportion of accounts that were positive or like in the green after six months. And at the two brokerages that required at least $10,000 to open an account, the rates of people that were positive was twice as much as the other eight that had much smaller account sizes. Now, there's two reasons for that. The one that probably everyone can see at the top is that people that can open a $10,000 account in something like that are generally, I'm not trying to be like monetist or classist or something, but generally probably more experienced traders in some way. They have more capital to work with. But the real reason is they said that the people with the smaller accounts in Forex, and I assume this is true in futures and stuff too, because they see their small account, they don't care about it and they start taking moonshots. So there's this disregard of risk and disregard of treating it like your own business just because it's small. And I think that builds really bad attitudes towards trading and what it takes to be successful. Absolutely. I mean, it's an investment that at the, those $10,000 accounts, that's a true investment. To start a Forex account, you can do it as cheap as a couple hundred bucks. Um, you have extreme margins. You get a lot of leverage in there. And so I think you see a lot of traders come in, hey, it's three or $400. I can live with this or without this. Doesn't make a difference. But when you when you invest... And I think it doesn't have to be monetary. It's time, emotion, um, family, everything. You invest so much into trading to become a better trader. The more you start to invest, the more you're focused on what you're going to get out of this. And I think if you have the right mindset on it, you have that time and money invested into this, you know, you're more focused. You're going to treat this a little bit more like the business, like Eddie was talking about. You know, one of the points that I see is, of course, if you've got that kind of money, uh, you have money that you're willing to invest. Somebody on that lower scale might be somebody that has, like you said, Danny, two, three hundred bucks to give it a try. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have the experience. One of the things I talk to a lot of traders is, "Hey, my buddy's doing this, and you know, he told he, he told me to give you guys a call." And I hear a lot of that, and it, it, and now. Is that the wave of the future where 
um, it's going to be fashionable. Is, is hey, it's cool to have an account. I can imagine going to a party and just sort of opening your phone up and going, eh, let's take a look at the crew here. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Eddie. How you doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a bunch of trader gatherings that my uh, now wife hated to be at about five five, <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> You know, tra- talk and shop. But if everyone was doing it, who knows? Maybe with Robin Hood and stuff like that, people will... Uh... I went out to dinner with my parents last night. My dad and I sat down. You guys have heard of my dad and uh, Trader Guy. That was down a couple thousand. We sat at dinner the majority of the night. He and I were talking about what the markets are doing, some positions we could put on, some opportunities we can have. And my mom would interject and go... So what do you guys think of the wine? She kept breaking break <laughs> the conversation, Poor hated mom. hated every bit that all we sat and talked about were the markets. And I totally get it. If you don't understand it, it's, uh, it's tough. You know what's interesting is uh, my mom in my family is the market person. My dad doesn't know anything about it. So like me, and, it's the opposite where me and my mom will be talking about markets and my dad will just be like – Let's talk about seven irons. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't your dad a big doctor, doctor though? Doing. He doesn't have to worry about markets. Great. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's a big doctor, but he's retired, so he's had to uh, Oh, so he just cares recalibrate. about the golf. Well, he's trying to get into it. He never golfed when he was <laughs> a doctor, and now he's getting into it. He's just easing into retirement. It was tough for him like a year or two after. <laughs> he would just call me at noon on a Tuesday and be like, what's going on? Oh, I, I get that <laughs> since my dad retired a few years ago. Very, very consistent. Yeah. So, um, oh, and one last thing about... Well, we were discussing as far as if you want to go out there and take moonshots with a small account, uh, just a little hard facts about why that's a terrible idea is that literally the way that these brokerages make money off of you is that they're taking the other side of that trade and they're not even hedging it. Yes. So there are some in the Forex market. There's a couple of different kinds of brokerages. So with Top Step, the brokerage that we use does not take the opposite sign. They just push orders through. Um, some brokers will take the opposite side. Some will choose if to execute orders or not execute orders. So there's all different kinds of brokerages in the Forex market. So it's definitely something worth looking into if it's uh, if you're interested in being in those markets or if you do have a Forex account, checking out how their, uh, how that brokerage firm works. And uh, that would be my big recommendation on that. Yeah. I mean, that's how Robinhood works to some extent. They're not taking the other side, but they're selling your order flow to Citadel. Yep. By the end of this podcast, I feel like I'm going to have a lot of enemies. <laughs> enemies too strong. <laughs> right? Well, there's nothing wrong with enemies. Keep you on your toes. Eddie, you do you have any uh, enemies? enemies of renown <laughs> you can talk about here? No, they're all dead. Okay. All at the well, bottom of Lake Michigan. Good for you. <laughs> good Highlander. <laughs> so um, as people go on from being beginner traders, are, do you talk as much with traders who have been in it for a while who are struggling? Uh, yesterday I had just gotten off a call of somebody that had been in the market for 20 years, been on the trading floors and so forth. One of the things that when I talked to, I mean, we've had, uh, funded traders that have been from, uh, the board of trade, the CME, a lot of the traders, I'm going to say a 50, 50, a lot of them had problems transitioning. All right. Open outcry. Danny, you know, scream, yell, kick, push, shove. How many did I? How many did I get? Right, you, know? you go from market maker to money manager. Yeah, and it, and it's it's big difference. Now you sit in front of a screen, and now it's like a deli. You know, you put your price on, and uh, thirty two. Yeah, I want a ham and cheese. Uh, you know, so you got to wait until you get filled. Um, I mean, some of the times on the trading floor, you'd be last last one in, first one out. You know, I got a good broker. I got a good filling broker. 
but you know, it, it, it's 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 all that process with these traders and 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 so forth. But with an experienced trader, more or less, when I get a call from an experienced trader, it's not about what I'm doing wrong. I mean, I take a look at trade reports. I give them the good, the bad, the ugly. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'll let them know, hey, this worked. This looks like it's working. You're doing really good here. But more or less, it, it, it's it's mindset. And and I can relate to that. Danny, you can relate to that. Um, you know, just being in the pit really gave me a, uh, a calloused approach to uh, beat me up as best you can. See what you can do to me, you know. Um, I mean, the stress factor on the trading floor was I paced back and forth, you know, and sweaty palms and, you know, Greenspan's going uh, <laughs> to, he's going to release the Fed here. And that was a while back. And and I, I tell you, excuse my English, but literally shit would hit the fan. And Dan, you know, the markets would be just nutty. And that's when the really the punching and the kicking really would kick in. Yeah, but, I, I would I would just say to that, you know, that was that's one of the big advantages to the screen. With markets and you're on the floor and I was a market maker. My job was to fill orders. I had to get on either side of that market. To. It didn't matter if I wanted it or not, really. I kind of if I made that market, I had to at least, you know, fill a hundred, fill two hundred, fill five hundred. You gotta do it. There's no And then I'm trying to cover I'm trying to hedge my position because I'm trading options here. So I'm on a headset screaming, Okay, what's my delta on five hundred? Okay, sell fifty, sell a hundred. And it gets hectic. Yeah. So uh, with the experienced trader, now that they've sort of cooled off a little bit, they've got the monitors in front of them. Um, the bathrooms are much closer. You, you know, don't have to go downstairs. Those bathrooms are probably disgusting. I was on the screens and the bathrooms were disgusting. Oh, no. On the floor, they were very clean, well-kept. Yeah. Janitors yeah. were in them at least six or eight yeah, times otherwise a day. They'd, yeah, they'd get reamed. Yeah, yeah. They were, it, was, yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, Just we, don't use them all to wash. We just had no. one guy's in one woman's bathroom, and, of course, our firm was... 95 percent dudes so what floor were you on 22nd of, of the like the atrium i uh, used to be on 21 there oh blackjack and i was on <laughs> 21 and 16 in that in there so i know exactly where you're at of course so so real quick here just to sum it up uh, a lot of it is just hey you know what let's talk face to face uh it doesn't have to be about markets uh let's talk about approach let's talk about what am i doing you know my thinking and, and stuff like that so with the experienced trader um, I'm not going to teach them anything new, you know, as far as trading, but as far as just taking them and grabbing them by the shoulders, like I used to get on the trading floor and somebody saying, Hey, you know what? Try, you're not doing it. You're not doing this right. Try this. Or, um, you know what? Look that way or look at this instead of that. So basically the experienced trader. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, Eddie Horn, thanks for uh, joining us today. We'll see you back here sometime soon. Hey, yeah, thanks, time, Eddie. gentlemen. Absolutely. Uh, everyone go out there and stay safe in these markets, and uh, we'll see you right now. Traders, thank you for making it to the end of the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. Uh, thank you for listening. It was a pleasure to have you around, even if only in spirit. Always a great time sitting down with Eddie. Yeah, just one more time. Be careful out there in these markets. The volatility is still off the chart. We're recording this Wednesday, March 4th in the uh, afternoon. The Dow was up 1,000. I think it's only up 800 points now. Or is it back up over 1,000? Last I looked, it was like 1080. It's likely uh, several hundred points away from where it was when we left our desk. <laughs> That's what's important. So uh, in those times of volatility... Uh, Size down, manage your risk, 
Uh, Check out some ways to trade a little bit smaller with us, maybe, if that's your thing. We got a Micros Trading Combine now. Uh, We'll try and keep you up to date on the Coach's Playbook, on the blog. Check out the morning forecast. Every morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. Yeah, you can see Dan and Hogue break down the technical levels and get your day started off right. And then we also do the recap at 3 each day. Yep. Where we could talk about what new calamity occurred in the market. Absolutely. We'll take a look back. Also... If you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel, turn on those notifications so you know when we go live. But also our coach's playbook this week was a lot of fun. Um, Jack, myself, Mick, and Hogue sat down, really kind of gave our own opinion of what just happened. Um, obviously, the Fed cutting rates unexpectedly sure. threw a uh, wrench into things. Definitely uh, was a shocker to most. And uh, so we do our best to break that down. So make sure you check it out. Let us know what you think. Leave some comments and if uh, give us a good little heckle if if you think it's necessary. Yeah, my hair was all over the place. I was wearing a hat that day, and I knew it was going to be a Rookie problem. Rookie move. Rookie move. But uh, it's always better when you guys are there asking questions. It kind of becomes like a little hangout, and we'll get kind of down to the weeds with those. So uh, ask about anything. Absolutely. If you want to know what I do to keep my hair so all over the place, <laughs> I'd be happy to answer. Perfect. Yeah, it's nothing. I uh, <laughs> went through a long period of not washing my hair. And uh, now I'm back to washing my hair, but I'm getting sort of an Irish afro going. And um, I need a haircut. Is That's what's on my mind right now. So All right. I'll so go Jack schedule is that. very self-conscious about his hair right now. <sighs> Absolutely. Well, I still have it. Just turned 33, so that's something. You got more than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll take that to the bank. <laughs> anyway, I'll go schedule my haircut. Everyone else, it's Thursday. It's almost the weekend. Uh, stay safe. Stay well. Namaste. And trade good. No, I'm sorry. It's trade well. Have a good one, guys. Bye. The Limit Up Podcast is produced by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contain substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.